Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Last night, the verdict of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation case was announced and the entire case, I think, and the outcome of the verdict has thrown a light on how people, often in situations like this and similar to this, are treated and has sparked fears from some groups. Um, I see today that perhaps people might be less inclined to speak out about their experience. Matthew got in touch with us and is with us on the show. Matthew, I know I know your own experience, it's not it's not totally similar. Um but you might just explain your your story. Um, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Um two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten was the, the big crash. I'm sure a lot of you can remember it and I was left in negative equity in a marriage um and I was unemployed. Uh, there was a lot of stress at home, and the relationship started breaking up. But I couldn't move out because, of course, I was unemployed, so where am I going to go? Um, the next minute I received a protection order. Uh, I went to the district court, and uh, I was accused of assault. But it was there was no evidence, nothing at all. And the, the judge actually gave out to my wife and said, you didn't even go to a guard. You didn't even go to a doctor. Three weeks later, I received another protection order. Um, and this time, she had gone to a guard and had gone to a doctor. Um, and I was barred from my house. I was kicked onto the street. Um, the guards picked up the uh, protection order and prosecuted me. And I was felt guilty of assault in the district court. This completely upended my life. And it took me six months and 10,000 euros, which I didn't have. It was my last of my savings. So I was frantically trying to find somewhere to live to, up, to overturn those rulings in the Central Criminal Court and in the Circuit Court. And of course, my name was cleared. Um, so you did, get, that, you did get them overturned, Matthew? Yes, absolutely. Okay. There wasn't, now, I don't know what happened uh, in the room with Amber and Johnny. And you don't know, no, listening to no, me, what don't. happened in my bedroom. You're going to have to take my word on it, that nothing happened. And the thing that galled me is that the, throughout this entire process, her hand was being held. She was getting taxi rides from a women's organization funded by the state and sitting listening to her while she played the victim. And Andrea, the, the victims here is not just me. I'm not just throwing up my hands and saying I'm a victim. My daughter, I never really got to see my daughter again. But the access was always clouded by this. I lost my house, so the whole family law and separation, family home thing was gone. Because I was barred, I had to find somewhere else to live, that was it. But the other victims are every single woman in mm. this country that's being beaten today, that's being smashed. Because my knee-jerk reaction, and I'm sure a lot of people in my position, their knee-jerk reaction is she's lying. Because that's what we've experienced. That's what we've gone through. And like, anecdotally, when, you tell, when I tell my story um, over a pint those who are willing to listen. The number of men that say something happened to them or happened to their brother or happened to their friend. And not just accusations of assault, uh, child protection accusations as well. These seem to be commonplace. You talk to solicitors about it and they go, well, that's just the way it is. So it's not, a, it's not an unknown thing. People know that this is happening. 
I went to a solicitor for the second protection order. I go, look, man, she's taking me back to court again. I didn't do anything. And he said, don't worry about it. You don't need me there. She needs to have two blue eyes when she goes in that court. She had nothing. Nothing. When they asked her, what did the doctor say? Oh, the doctor said, I'm not feeling well. And, you know, I'm shaken. Absolute nonsense. So Can, that's what bring, that was bring, my life. Bring, just, look, I, I know in, in all sides of just in, and leaving aside maybe the case, or I know that's why we're talking maybe about this today, but there's certainly, you know, vic- victims effectively, everybody I think is a victim in, in, in that particular situation. But just in your own in your own experience, Matthew, like in your own journey that you've gone through, when you got the um, the conviction uh, overturned and, and your name cleared and you went through the appeals process and, and the cost of, of all of that, like having come out the other side of it, how how did all of this impact you personally? Yeah. I mean, it's enormous. Uh, I mean, you, this was this was a very stressful time. Now you're talking ten years ago. For those that are old enough to remember it, who were working, um, who lost their jobs, who lost all their wealth because their homes suddenly halved in value, who were in negative equity, who were frantically trying to find a job, and then for me being homeless and having to reach out to friends because I didn't have a job, so how could I rent? And then having to use all my savings to clear my name. I mean, it was it was devastating. It was devastating. I think the pain of losing my child um, is is something that will live with me forever. Do you have any contact with your child now, Matthew? Very little. Very little. Because that leverage, you see, that was that was the, the way that the, the door got prized open. Because now you haven't seen your child for six months, really. So now you have to go to court for access. And then they go, well, now you need supervised access because you haven't seen the kid. It gets supervised access. Now you're trying to have the supervision order reversed. And all of this costs thousands and thousands and thousands of euros. So eventually, you just have to accept the fact that you've lost. How do you do that? How do you rebuild? What other choice do you have? You know, a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, you gave up. I didn't give up. I fought like a tiger. I lost. How How are you... How have like how have you you know been rebuilding, rebuilding your life now, Matthew? In recent, well, I mean, uh, the, the first thing really was to be able to get working again, go back to college, yeah. and get working again. So that was recovering from what happened in Ireland, you know. Then having to deal with the debt, you know, uh, using the, uh, the insolvency service to try and sort out the the debt situation. So you kind of you build it up from there. You build up your career. Um, and uh, yeah, get fit, lose weight, get sober. Those are the ways you. Those are the building stones. Mm. Do you feel you're like you're doing okay now? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I, I'm reaching out because I, I don't know if there's anyone listening on this call, but I, I'm warning people on this call, men in particular. There's a great group called Our Men. Um, who helped me quite a lot. Mm. They're like the one group that will listen to men because everybody listens to women. A woman says, oh, no, he did this, he did that. Everybody's willing to listen, give her money, support her, give her a taxi ride to the court. Um, but for men, there's nothing, nothing. In fact, not only that, there is a reversal of the onus of proof. So let me just explain what I mean by that. In court, if you make an accusation, you need to prove it. But with these types of accusations, the onus of proof gets reversed and you having to disprove that thing that they've alleged. 
do, do like do, do you feel there's a lack of support out there? So absolutely, yeah. And you know, you talk about a free shot. You know, they, you can have as many free shots as as she wants. She can she can go in and accuse you of something. Of course, there's no. Um, you know, you should have gone to a guard. Now she can she can get another shot. You can't go back and say, is her credibility not called into question? Given that three weeks ago okay. uh, you had you picked her out, but now her credibility is still intact and she's coming in fresh. Crazy. It should be said as well. Look, I know in, in cases, just looking at some of the messages coming in from people, would see men and women, you know, on on who've experienced either side of it. Matthew talking about, um, you know, this texter agreeing with you and your point about the lack of support. Another listener talking about uh, charges that they brought against um, a previous partner, but actually they did require support and it was very much needed in, in their story too. Um, 53106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us here on the programme today. Matthew, I've got another caller as well, Sarah, who who wants to join us and, and wants to come in. Sarah, would you like to maybe explain what's your experience? Hi, Andrea. Um, I just wanted to um, ring in just because of the trial resonating with me and my experience of um, being falsely accused of domestic abuse, defamation, a smear campaign that was conducted against me and just the devastating effects it's had on me and my children. Um, So it wasn't from a salacious point of view. I was watching the trial. I just wanted to see, you know, somebody actually going through the process and getting justice in the end, in my opinion. Okay. Um, well, what's your experience? So much of what I was looking at resonated with me. So um, I was married for years uh, to a you know, loving husband, great father, and then at some juncture, he just changed utterly into a complete monster, was verbally, emotionally, mentally abusive to me and the kids. Um, and ultimately just walked out on us like we had never existed. Um, so I was just left reeling. I had no explanation for why he had done this. At the time, I thought he was suffering from mental illness. And then having gone through counselling, myself and the kids, we kind of came across the concept of the covert narcissist and narcissistic abuse. Um, so this is where the narcissist is presenting himself as the victim um, to the wider community and smearing my good name in this case. So it wasn't until two years after he was gone that I found out uh, through the kids. Actually, one of their friends said, well, what do you expect when your mom's a domestic abuser and went off and had an affair? And we've been living with the effects of that ever since, realising that this is the story that's been put out there and that everybody believes. Did you just even, I don't know if you heard Matthew there on the call, Sarah, a few moments did, ago. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, did you feel supported through this? No, I feel totally isolated and alone um, because you're living in a community basically where this is this is the story that's out there, and there's there's no way for you to to take that back in. You know, if you try and defend yourself, people will just say, "Well, of course you're going to deny it, aren't you?" So Have there's you really gone no way the- of actually. Did you go through the court system, the judicial system? Uh, through the divorce, I did. And in the end, we had to just get included a clause, you know, that he would refrain from this smear campaign that he was conducting. But, you know, that was two years later. So I think that horse had already bolted. We were dealing with the consequences. And I think I will be for life now. And so are my children. How do you get your life back together, Sarah? Uh, with great difficulty, 
Um, it's a completely different life and it's a completely different me, to be honest. So I don't think you come back from this. You know, you come back a different person. Mm. Not someone you wanted to be. You come back broken. You're watching your kids being broken. So it's very difficult. Go between the going through all of this and over the years, just hoping maybe that things will change or. Well, they won't change. I know they won't change. In fact, you know, it's kind of something you have to just live with because, you know, as I said, it's a bit of a he said she said, but you know, it's a that's why the trial kind of resonated with me. You know it. You know, someone has the ability to literally say anything they want. And as Matthew said, then it's up to you to provide the evidence that that didn't happen. And if there's only the two of you involved, sure, you have no way of proving that. You've no way to clear your name. Do you think in cases... it's just a matter of who believes you and who doesn't. Would more support help, Sarah? Like, would would you feel... Do you know what I think would really help was... It, when I went to the counsellor and she started talking to me about covert narcissistic abuse, all the light bulbs went off in my head. You know, everything that had happened that I couldn't understand, you know, the behaviours that I couldn't understand literally became clear instantly that this is what I was dealing with, that the idea is to destroy you is basically the name of the game. Um, so just the fact that I never knew such a thing existed. Mm. So maybe if there was just more education on that sort of thing, because it wasn't your traditional red flags, you know, that you look back on and go, oh yeah, well, I should have seen that one come in. But I know. this is stuff that just is so incomprehensible that somebody could be doing something like this or even treating you like this. It's so incomprehensible that they're doing it on purpose. Like your instinct is to think, well, you know, it must be mental illness. Nobody would actually treat somebody like this deliberately. What kind so, of things? I don't know. Sarah, Education, you... I think. What, what? Just verbal abuse. You know, someone that you're married to who is loving and kind and caring and a great father. And then suddenly you're dealing with someone who's, you know, basically determined just to put you down at every level, you know. So just really nasty little things. I can't actually go into them because they're so specific. Okay, that I'm well that's, I understand. I'd be identified, yeah. yeah. I understand but, completely. But just devastating words that, you know, you're just left reeling and thinking, you know, why would he say that to me? I would never speak to him like that, you know. And then, you know, they'll, they'll come like an up after that, you know, and then it'll be back down and it just continues and gets worse and worse and worse. And all that time, you have no idea why this person is behaving this way. The emotional toll of all of this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, really, I, j- I would just love people to, you know, people talk about red flags. For me, there were none. So it's just that I had no concept that this sort of narcissism existed. And once I found out from the counsellor, as I said, two years later, just everything became clear. So... And how how does that, if you don't mind me asking, Sarah, how does that impact, you know, on 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 future um, relationships or future friendships with with people that you have? Um, well, I'd say from my own personal point of view, I I will never have another relationship. Out of fear, I just, I, yeah, because. 
you know, as I said, I just didn't see this coming. I didn't know it existed. So how would I see it next time? You know, so this is someone who's presenting themselves as a victim, you know, like Matthew was saying, you know, they present this victim mentality and I have it from the people that this person has ended up with several relationships since me, all of which have ended because that person ended up being abusive, toxic, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that I was. So this is like a cycle, you know, okay. so he, he finds his new victim in my words. Um, you know, she listens to this tale of woe, she gets involved with him and then ultimately she becomes the toxic, abusive person that he leaves and he moves on to the next one and so on and so on and it just keeps going. Mm. Matthew, can I can I ask you that as well? Like, is it, how do you, I think Matthew maybe has, has gone... Um, Sarah, listen, thank you for, for, for joining us today. No you can hear it in, in talking to you, the, the, the toll that this has obviously taken on, on you and yeah, on, yeah. on Matthew as well. I mean, very, very hard to, I suppose, to, you know, to move on from it and, and, and put it to one yeah. side in the confidence to, to do that. I, I do want to say, because there's quite a number of messages from people, which I think are probably very similar stories, maybe, um, Sarah. Uh, you have no doubt. Yeah, yeah to you no and, and Matthew as well. Um, thank you, Sarah, for joining us here on Lunchtime Live. I do want to give out actually two numbers today because of the, the, because of the, the number of people who've gotten in contact with us here um, with similar experiences, similar stories. The Women's Aid 24-hour national free phone helpline number, that's 1800 341 or the Men's Aid national confidential helpline, their number is 01554381. And look, as always, if you want to get in touch with us here in the programme, lunchtime live at newstalk.com. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.